Welcome to Across the Street, your one-stop shop for all things inpatient medicine at the Durham VA, from faculty and staff who know it and love it just as much as you do. Hello, my name is Dr. Bryce Leffler. I'm a hospitalist at the Durham VA, and the topic for this VA podcast is alcohol withdrawal. I am particularly interested in this topic as alcohol use disorder is incredibly common, expensive to treat, and life-threatening. So my goals for this talk are the following four goals. Uh, First, to talk about the diagnosis of alcohol use disorder. Second, uh, to talk about the clinical presentation and pathophysiology of both alcohol intoxication and detoxification. Three, to discuss the history questions, physical exam findings, and labs you should review when admitting a patient with alcohol withdrawal. And four, to talk about the treatment of alcohol withdrawal. So just as some background, alcohol use disorder is defined as chronic relapsing brain disease characterized by impulsive alcohol use, loss of control over alcohol intake, and a negative emotional state when not using. Now to be officially diagnosed with alcohol use disorder, this is a diagnosis in the DSM-5, and there are 11 criteria that are reviewed. Uh, A patient must meet two of these 11 criteria to qualify for mild alcohol use disorder, and the more criteria met um, increases the severity of the disorder. You can see the podcast notes to review the criteria exactly. But obviously, 11 criteria is a little much for a primary care doctor to use as a screening tool in their clinic. Uh, So there's two other screening tools that are commonly used. So the first is a single item questionnaire or the audit C. Uh, The single term questionnaire is really just one simple question. How many times in the past year have you had five for a man or four for a woman uh, or more drinks in a day? And a positive screen is anything above zero for that. And then the audit C is a three-question questionnaire that's actually required of primary care doctors to ask annually to all veterans. And those three questions, you know, audit C stands for the alcohol use disorder um, identification test. And the three questions are, how often do you have a drink containing alcohol? How many drinks containing alcohol do you have on a typical day when you're drinking? Or how often do you have six or more drinks on one occasion? And each of those questions has five different multiple choice answers, ranging from a score of zero, which is like a never, or you know, a high use, which would be up to four points for a max of 12. Uh, three or more is positive in a woman, and four or more positive in a man. Um, really good sensitivity and specificity for unhealthy Uh, drinking habits. So those are screening tools. That's kind of the background for alcohol use disorder, but let's think more about when some of these patients with alcohol use disorder come into the hospital. So I think the three scenarios that we usually see at the VA are the following. So one, the young 45-year-old veteran with alcohol use disorder who comes in, hello, I would like to come into the hospital and detox from alcohol. Uh, The second scenario is perhaps the 64-year-old veteran who presents with gosh, I've had two days of acute abdominal pain radiating to my back, nausea, vomiting, and I also drink a lot of alcohol for many years. Or three, uh, the 70-year-old veteran who presents altered in a stupor, possibly secondary to alcohol withdrawal, or maybe some other syndrome. So I feel like those are kind of the three patients that come into the VA for residents. And so I think to think through alcohol detox, we first need to understand alcohol intoxication. So let's Just go back to the basics. I'm assuming all the listeners here 
maybe attended college, perhaps didn't uh, experience this themselves, but maybe witnessed somebody else who was overserved, had several or too many drinks that night. Uh, and what does that typically look like? So commonly, alcohol intoxication can cause slurred speech, gait instability, incoordination, some euphoria. You know, if uh, alcohol consumption continues, it can progress to somnolence, poor judgment, impaired reaction time, passing out, even going into a coma or even dying um, from alcohol intoxication. And so why is that? So where does alcohol act in your brain? This is back to just some basics. So alcohol acts on your GABA system. So GABA is your main inhibitory system in your brain. Uh, You have GABA's uh, major inhibitory neurotransmitter, and it acts on GABA's receptors. And then you also have kind of opposite to that, glutamate, which is your major excitatory amino acid that acts on NMDA receptors. When those are in balance, everything's kind of okay. Um, But if you drink a lot of alcohol, you're constantly acting on GABA, and you can end up with, you know, in the acute intoxication stage, some of the disinhibition that we already talked about. Um, and if you just drink in college, it's probably not too big of a deal. But you could imagine if someone drinks alcohol chronically over time that your body wants to keep your GABA and your glutamate kind of in balance. And so over time, your body's going to downregulate the number of GABA receptors that you have. And the GABA receptors will become desensitized to, to alcohol over time, which makes sense, right? Because over time, people that drink a lot of alcohol need to drink more to have the same effect, hence their dependence. Uh, and while this down-regulation of GABA is happening, at the same time, the, a person's body who's drinking a lot of alcohol is going to upregulate the number of NMDA receptors they have to keep everything in balance when the alcohol's on board. But you can imagine if suddenly... That person abruptly stops drinking alcohol. And there's an imbalance where you have much fewer GABA receptors that are much less responsive and a whole lot more glutaminergic or NMDA receptors that are kind of hyper-responsive. In the setting of no alcohol, it's a big imbalance. So the vital sign abnormalities you would see are uh, an elevated blood pressure, heart rate, respiratory rate, and temperature. Everything's revved up. You can also see seizures or psychosis or hallucinations. And again, you can imagine all of this happening in the setting of this neuronal excitation and imbalance. Um, So just to go through the um, classic and chronologic order of the signs and symptoms we see in alcohol detox. So first are the minor withdrawals. Uh, You can see those 6 to 36 hours after the last drink. And those include tremors, mild anxiety, headache, diaphoresis, palpitations, GI upset. Second, you can see seizures, typically uh, 6 to 48 hours after the last drink, generally tonic-clonic with a short postictal period. Status epilepticus is rare. Uh, It's important to note that of the patients who have an alcohol withdrawal syndrome, which not everyone does, but those that do, um, about a quarter have a seizure. Of those that have a seizure, a third only have one seizure, whereas two-thirds have more than one seizure. And about a third of patients who have an alcohol withdrawal seizure progress to have delirium tremens. Um, The third 
uh, sign or symptom in the setting of alcohol withdrawal is alcoholic hallucinosis. And that is important to delineate from delirium tremens. And so the main difference is in alcoholic hallucinosis, patients classically have auditory hallucinations, but can have visual or tactile hallucinations, but otherwise have an intact uh, sensorium, intact orientation, normal vital signs in general, um, as opposed to DTs, delirium tremens, which is marked by delirium. So confusion, inattentiveness, um, and typically vital sign abnormalities as well. Delirium tremens happen two to four days after the last drink and alcoholic hallucinosis usually a little sooner than that, 12 hours to 48 hours after the last drink. Uh, but it's also important to notice that alcoholic hallucinosis can happen in the setting of alcohol intoxication or detox. I had a patient one time brought in by the family members because he was hearing voices coming through the air vents in his house and he was taking all the air vents off and going in and trying to find the source of the voices. Um, but it was actually all just alcoholic hallucinosis and it actually lasted for weeks after his acute withdrawal um, syndrome actually passed. This concludes part one of Dr. Leffler's discussion on the definitions and pathophysiology of alcohol withdrawal. To hear more about inpatient clinical management of alcohol detox, listen to part two. The views and opinions stated during this podcast are my own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Department of Veterans Affairs or Durham VA Hospital.